This is Five on Five. Hi everyone, this is Hernan with today's episode of the 5 on 5, where we take 5 minutes, 5 days a week to talk about everything that matters to college men. I wanted to start today's episode by talking about burdens. It's something that's been on my mind, as these days I've been feeling burdened by some back pain that's been bothering me, which is not good for a physical therapist. I'm also burdened for friends who are going through some tough circumstances. Our lives are often filled with burdens. That's just how life is. You might be burdened about your exams, or worries about finals coming up, or about trying to get an internship for the summer. Did you know that God has burdens too? That might be a little strange to consider. God, who is infinite, all-powerful, perfect, and awesome, He has burdens. Really? Is that so? Well, what kind of burdens would an all-powerful God have? In the book of Isaiah chapter 1, we get a picture of what it is that God cares about, so much so that He would be burdened about what He sees when He looks at our world. To give you some context, in Isaiah chapter 1, God is basically addressing the people of Israel, His people. During this time, the nation of Israel had been established thanks to how God has been leading them the past 500 years, ever since He rescued them from slavery in Egypt and brought them through the desert to the promised land, even protecting them from their enemies. But now, when He looks down at how Israel is doing and He sees how His people live, He is troubled because He sees that they are, quote, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. That's from Isaiah chapter 1. Despite everything he's done for them, like a father who has cared for and raised his children, they have grown up to rebel against him and they don't live according to his ways. Let me give you an example of how painful that would be. If you're familiar with college basketball, you may know of the legendary John Thompson. If you don't know, he used to be the basketball coach for the Georgetown Hoyas. Sadly, he passed away last year, but he's remembered as one of the most impactful coaches in the history of college sports. Besides his impact off the court fighting for racial justice, he was also known for how he mentored the young men who played for him, and he was seen as a father figure and role model for NBA Hall of Famers such as Patrick Ewing and Allen Iverson. But let's imagine that Coach Thompson, after he dedicated so much to mentoring these individuals to one day be great men, let's say that these players, they became very immoral men, and they grow up to become people who were successful but committed all these white-collar crimes where they went against everything that Coach Thompson stood for and valued. How would he feel? Oh man, that would be tragic, right? He would be so grieved to see that happen. But let's say that it was even worse. That these ex-players, even though they lived this way, they still did certain things to honor Coach Thompson. That in their interviews and conversations, they gave him shoutouts, they named him as their role model, they posted inspirational quotes from him on social media, and talked about how great of a person he is. Let's say that every week, they even hosted special dinners to celebrate him and acted like everything was good between them. Imagine how much more offensive and hurtful that would be for Coach Thompson. All those things that they did in his name, would he be glad to receive that praise from them given how they live? Wouldn't those things be burdensome to him? That is a window into how God felt about how the people of Israel treated him in the days of Isaiah. After all he had done for them, after caring for them and raising them, and trying to show them the right way to live, they rebelled against him. God's own people rejected everything that he stood for and had tried to pass down to them. They did evil things and committed sins left and right. They oppressed people and committed injustices, while at the same time still bringing offerings to God, holding feasts and religious celebrations. And through Isaiah, God says, What is the point of all that? I have had enough of that. These empty sacrifices don't please me. Actually, it's an abomination to me. I hate these things. They are a burden to me. I am weary of them. Those are the words that we see in this text of Isaiah chapter 1. God is not fooled by those religious acts and sacrifices. He knows that the rest of the time, they actually live very ungodly lives and have no problem with it. He knows what they're really about. And I think that's a challenge for us today because it's very possible to go about our daily lives in such a way where we do ungodly things during the week. We act, speak, and think in ways that are opposite to what God values, and then turn around and do a religious thing on Sunday or give God a shout out. 
and then think that things are good between us and God. You know, it'd be like thinking, well, never mind how I treated that person. Never mind all that stuff that I was looking at on my computer. Never mind what I was doing when I went out Saturday night. What God should be looking at is how I showed up to church on Sunday. That's what he wants, right? Well, God says, no, actually, that's a burden to me because I know what you're really about. So the problem is that discrepancy between claiming to believe in or follow God, but living in a way that is actually offensive to him, similar to the hypothetical example that I gave earlier of the player and coach. And God doesn't destroy us for all that offense, but actually invites us to deal with that. In that same passage in Isaiah chapter 1, he says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. He's saying, Come, come on, let's discuss this. Let's talk about this. Your sins are there. They're scarlet red, like bloodstains, plain as day to me. But come to me, and I will get rid of it. I'll make it all clean and white like snow. God's invitation to his people, his invitation to us, is to abandon the false double life of dishonoring him, but claiming to honor him at the same time, and instead, he invites us to admit the truth, to come and confess that we have sinned and offended him. And the result of that is that we can be forgiven. Wow, that is God's amazing grace. And it all starts from this invitation to us to come and to reason with him. 